Chapter thirty two of the Wyvern Mystery. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wyvern Mystery by Joseph Sheraton Lefanu. Chapter thirty two An Unlooked for Return in spite of her troubles as she sat by the fire looking out through the window fatigue overcame mildred and she nodded but her brain being troubled and her attitude uneasy she awoke suddenly from a sinister dream and as still unconscious where she was her eyes opened upon the same melancholy foliage and moonlit sky and the dim enclosure of the yard the scenery on which they had closed she saw a pale face staring in upon her through the window the fingers were tapping gently on the glass old mildred blinked and shook her head to get rid of what seemed to her a painful illusion it was charles fairfield who stood at the window looking wild and miserably ill mildred stood up and he beckoned she signed toward the door which she went forthwith and opened come in sir she said his saddle by the stirrup leather and his bridle were in his hand thus he entered the kitchen and dropped them on the tiled floor she looked in his face he looked in hers there was a silence it was not mildred's business to open the disagreeable subject would you please like anything no no supper thanks give me a drink of water i'm thirsty i'm tired and we're quite to ourselves yes sir but wouldn't ye better have beer answered she no water thanks and he drank a deep draught where's the horse sir she asked after a glance at the saddle which lay on its side on the floor in the field the poplar field all right well tom told you my message sir she asked averting her eyes a little yes where is she asleep the mistress is in her bed asleep i suppose yes yes and quite well tom says and where is the the you sent me word there was someone here i know whom you mean where is she in the front bedroom the old room it'll be over the hall door you know she's in bed and asleep i'm thinking but best not make any stir some folks sleep so light you know it's late he said taking out his watch but forgetting to consult it and i dare say she is she came tonight yes and she's tired or ought to be a long way he walked to the window and was looking with the instinct which leads us always in dark places to look toward the light above the dusky trees to the thin luminous cloud that streaked the sky pretty well tired myself mr charles you may guess the night i've put in i was almost sleeping myself when you came to the window tom said you weren't a comin tis a mercy the yard door wasn't locked 
five minutes more and i'd have locked it it would not have mattered much mildred you'd have climbed and pushed up the window mayhap no i'd have walked on a feather would have turned me from the door as it was he turned about and looked at her dreamily oh where she inquired on anywhere on into the glen if you are tired mildred so am i you need a good sleep master charles a long sleep mildred i'm tired i had a mind as it was to walk on and trouble you here no more walk on hoot nonsense mr charles tisn't come to that given up your house to one like her i wish i was dead mildred i don't know whether it was a good or an evil angel that turned me in here i'd have been easier by this time if i'd have gone on and had my leap from the scour to the bottom of the glen no no that nonsense man said mildred sternly ye have brought that poor young lady into a doubtful pass and ye must stand by her charles you're come of no cowardly stock and ye shan't gee her up and your babby that's common poor little thing to shame and want for a lack of a man's heart under your ribs i say i know nought of the rights of it but god will judge ye if ye leave her now high was mrs tarnley's head and very grim she looked as with her hand on his shoulder she shook up master charles from the drowse of death i won't old tarnley he said at last you're right poor little alice the loving little thing he turned suddenly again to the window and wept in silence strange tears of agony old tarnley looked at him sternly askance i don't think she had much pity for him she was in no wise given to the melting mood and hardly knew what that sort of whimpering meant i say she broke out i don't know the rights of it how should i but this i believe if you thought you were truly married to that woman that's come to-night you'd never have found it in your heart to act such a villain's part by the poor young foolish creature upstairs and make a sham wife of her never never by heaven i'm no more that wretched woman's husband than i married to you mildred knew better than marry any one there's little i see but tears and wrinkles and oftentimes rags and hunger comes of it but twill be done marryin and given in marriage says the scriptures tis so now twas so when noah broke into the ark and twill be so when the day of judgment breaks over us yes said charles fairfield abstractedly of course that miserable woman sticks at no assertion her idea is simply to bully her way to her object it doesn't matter what she says and it never surprised me i always knew if she lived she'd give me trouble one day but that's all just trouble but no more not the slightest chance of succeeding not the smallest she knows it i know it 
the only thing that vexes me is that people who know all about it as well as i do and people who of all others should feel for me and feel with me should talk as if they had doubts upon the subject now i didn't say so master charles said mildred i didn't mean you i met others quite a different person i'm utterly miserable at a more unlucky moment all this could not have happened by any possibility well i'm sure i never said it i never thought but one thing of her the foul-tongued wicked beast don't you talk that way of her said charles savagely whatever she is she has suffered she has been cruelly used and i am to blame for all i did not mean it but it is all my fault mrs tarnley sneered but said nothing and a silence followed i know he said in a changed way you mean kindly to me be kind to yourself i hold it's the best way in this bleak world mr charles i never was thanked for kindness yet you have always been true to me mildred in your own way in your own way mind but always true and i'll show you yet if i'm spared that i can be grateful you know how i am now no power to serve any one no power to show my regard i don't complain of nothing said mildred has my brother been here mildred he asked not he no letters for me asked he nothing sir you never get a lift when you want it never said charles with a bitter groan never was a fellow driven harder to the wall never a fellow nearer his wit's ends i'm very glad mildred i have someone to talk to one old friend i don't know what to do i can't make up my mind to anything and if i hadn't you just now i think i should go distracted i have a great deal to ask you that lady you say has been in her room some time did she talk loud was she angry was there any noise no sir who saw her no one but myself and the man as drove her thank god for that does she know about my did she hear that your mistress is in the house i said she was master harry's wife and told her lord forgive me that he was here continually and you hardly ever and then only for a few hours at a time that's very good she believed it every word so far as i could see i a told a deal of lies well well and what more and the beginning of sin is like the coming in of waters and will soon make an oar wide gap for itself and lay all under yes and and you really think she believed all you said ay i do answered she thank god again said he with a deep sigh oh mildred i wish i could think what's best to be done there are ever so many things in my head she felt a trembling she thought in the hand he laid upon her arm 
take a drink of beer you're tired sir said she no no not much never mind i'm better as i am how has your mistress been well midlin pretty well i wish she was quite well mildred it's very unlucky if the poor little thing were only quite well it would make everything easy but i daren't frighten her i daren't tell her it might be her death oh mildred isn't all this terrible bad enough i can't deny would it be better to run that risk and tell her everything he said well it is a risk and a great one and it might be the same as putting a pistol to her head and killing her tis a trying time with her poor child and a dangerous bed and mind ye this if there's any talk like that and the cryin and laughin fits mayhap that comes with it don't ye think but the old cat will hear it and then in the wild talk is out in no time and the fat in the fire no if she's to hear it it can't be helped and the will of god be done but if i was her husband i'd sooner die than tell her being as she is no of course no she must not be told i'm sure you're right mildred i wish harry was here he thinks of things sometimes that don't strike me i wish harry would come he might think of something he would i dare say he would i'm certain i wish that woman was back again where she came from said mildred from whose mind the puce gross de naples was fading for she had a profound distrust of her veracity and the police looked very like a puce coloured lie don't mildred don't like a good creature you won't for my sake speak harshly of that unhappy person he said gently this time and laying his hand on her shoulder i'm glad you are here mildred i'm very glad i remember you as long as i can remember anything you were always kind to me mildred always the same true as steel he was speaking with a friendliness of distress it is in pain the sympathy grows precious and with the yearning for it returns something of the gentleness and affection of childhood she's come for no good said mildred she's sly and she's savage and if you don't mind me saying so i often thought she was a bit mad Locus has them fits you know they does get sometimes queerish we can talk of her by and by said he what was in my mind was about a different thing for a thousand reasons i should hate a fracas i mean a row with that person at present you know yourself how it might affect the poor little thing upstairs oh my darling my darling what have i brought you into well well no help for spilled milk said mildred what was you thinking of oh yes thank you mildred i was thinking yes if your mistress was well enough for a journey i'd take her away from this i'd take her away immediately i'd take her quite out of the reach of that that restless person 
i ought to have done so at once but i was so miserably poor and this place here to receive us and who could have fancied she'd have dreamed in her state of health and with her affliction her sight you know of coming down here again but i'm the unluckiest fellow on earth i never by any chance leave a blot that isn't hit don't you think mildred i had better not wake your mistress to-night to talk over plans don't you go near her a sight of your face would tell her all wasn't right i had better not see her you think don't see her so soon as you know yourself what you're going to do with her and if you make up your mind tonight, so much the better write you to tell her what she used to do and give me the letter and i'll give it to her as if it came by a messenger and take you my counsel don't you stop here a minute longer than you can leave before daybreak you're no use here and if she finds you twill but make bad worse when will ye lie down you'll not be good for nothing to-morrow if you don't sleep a bit lie down on the sofa in the parlour and your cloak is hanging in the passage and be out of the house by daybreak and i'll have a bit of breakfast ready before you go and there's lady windale i didn't tell you offered to take care of alice your mistress and she need only go there for the present but that might be too near and i was thinking it might not do best out of reach altogether when ye go about it said mildred sit here if you like it or lie down as i said in the parlour and if you settle your mind on any plan just knock at my door and i'll have my clothes about me and be ready at call and tom's in his old crib under the stair if you want him to get the saddle on the horse and i won't take down the fire i'll have it handy for your breakfast and now i can't stop talking no longer for mildred's wore off her feet will ye take a candle or will ye stop here yes give me a candle mildred thanks don't mind the cloak i'll get it myself i will lie down a little and try to sleep i wish i could and if you waken shake me up in an hour or two something must be settled before i leave this something shall be settled and that poor little creature out of reach of trouble and insult don't forget good night mildred and god bless you mildred god for ever bless you End of chapter 32 Recording by John Brandon